0: Hey, this is Matt McClure here, one of the lead pastors here at Takeover Church. Thank you so much for checking out this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. And just a reminder, we have got services every single Sunday at 5 p.m. And we would love to have the chance to meet you, to hear your story, and to welcome you home. Thanks again for listening today. Hope this message blesses you. So tonight we are in a series called Tis the Season. Last week we preached a message called what? One person is on their way to heaven, praise God. We called it Vision Season. It was awesome. We spelled season with very little letters, if you can't tell, S-Z-N, but that's just because we like to do things like that. But yeah, we, we preached a message called Vision Season, and it was really this. It was what a vision is, how to get a vision and how to run the race that is the vision that God has set before you, who has purposed you for it, what God has called you to, how to run it faithfully to the end. Amen. So if you didn't hear this message, I want to encourage you to get on the podcast. I see your glasses. I'm going to throw something at you. Um, <laughs> Kanye over here with the, the light-up glasses. Um, I did, but um, I forgot where I was at. Thank you. Um, But vision season, if you didn't hear this message, please get on the podcast, download it, share it, get this on the inside of you. God has more for your everyday life, just living paycheck to paycheck and nine to five and doing these things. God has more for you, church. Do you believe that tonight? You know what? Can we get up and do the 30 second high five? Sorry, you know what? Y'all just seem a little low key right now, so I need some excitement. So you got 30 seconds on the mythological clock going now. Go, as many high fives as you can. One, two, three, four, 5, yo Fresh Prince, we do it, 6, 7, Lexi, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, wake up church, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. All right. The clock struck midnight. Get in your seats, you little felons. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Does everybody feel more awake now? I certainly do. Goodness. I'm trying to shake this feeling. I just feel like we all in church right now, we're kind of down, we're kind of heavy, and that's just not what church is about, fam. Our God is good, amen? So we're going to preach a message that I have appropriately uh, titled this. You ready for this? I'm not convinced. Has Jesus done anything for you this week? Good. So it's Christmas, right? It's Christmas season, it's Molly's birthday, it's awesome, yeah, happy birthday Miles, we love you in the church, and it's Christmas season, and I'm going to keep it 100 with you, is that okay? Yeah. If I keep it all the way 100 with you, just super honest tonight? I love giving gifts, I do. I am so excited. I make a competition out of Christmas gift giving with Adrienne. It's ridiculous. I love it. I thrive off it. I love to be like, girl, i beat you this year. I'll beat you like five Christmases consecutively in a row. I'm the champion of Christmas. I love it. I love it. I got, Pray for me, okay? I'm a work in progress. You don't know the break in my breakthrough. Pray for me, okay? But if I can keep it all the way 1,000 with you tonight, can I be even more honest? Somebody said 1,000. 1,000. I love receiving gifts. (laughs) Now I know that Jesus said, it is better to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I know what our good Lord has said, and I love you, Jesus, and I believe you, but I am a work in progress. Don't you judge me, Mona Lisa, back there looking all perfect on the wall. I am a work in progress and I love receiving gifts. Is there anybody else in here tonight that wants to be honest and you know the love getting gifts? Like it's not even part of the five love languages, but yours is receiving gifts. Anybody in here tonight? Like, mmm, gift giver? No, I'm a gift receiver. Hello. I love it. And so I have appropriately I promise I'm gonna make it's gonna make sense. I'm just confessing my sin to my brothers and sisters so that healing may come. James five sixteen, it's great. See? It's biblical. I struggle. I love getting gifts. Can't wait for Christmas. It's going to be awesome. title of my message is this, Receiving Season. If you're taking notes tonight, write that down, Receiving Season. R-C-V-N-S-Z-N. You act like I don't have that in my notes. You act like I didn't spell it that way. Gosh, I'm out here trying to help people with some education. R C V N space S-Z-N. Receiving season. Hello. Uh, Would somebody turn and tell their neighbor, Neighbor, are you ready to receive? I feel like we're in like old school church right now. Would you turn to your second string neighbor and say second string neighbor? That's your second choice if you don't know. Second string neighbor, would you extend your hands and get ready to receive? All right, guys in the back, you can bring out the snakes now. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm sure you're all holy and I don't, need no, I don't need no parcel tongue slithering up in here to prove it to you but yes the title of the message tonight is receiving season y'all ready to get to the scriptures tonight who's got a bible i know two people got a bible in the house anybody else got a bible tonight somebody told me before service they forgot their bible at home and they didn't raise their hands to get a bible are you kidding me where's my bible people at one more time wave them at me you got a bible wave them in the air like you just do care okay who's got a light up bible who's got a paperback I know two people at least. Who is an OG with a leatherback Bible in the place tonight? Where's my leather people at? All right, four of us got the family Bible in the house. It's good. Your mom won't miss it. It's fine. It's been collecting dust. You read it. Arm yourself. It's going to be good. But we are going to open up to the book of Mark. Y'all ready for this? Mark 5, 34, or 35, rather. Mark 5, 35 through 43. It's going to be up on the Sky Bible in just a minute. But here it is. Y'all ready? While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, John, the brother of James, It's relevant to Jesus. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion. People were weeping and wailing loudly. And when he he entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in there where the child was, taking her by the hand. He said to her, Talitha Kumi. Can we practice that right now, church? Can you say Talitha Kumi? He said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the little girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. Does anybody want to be overcome with amazement tonight? And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Because how many know you're pretty hungry when you come back alive? How many know when you first came to know Jesus, you couldn't get enough word? You couldn't come to church enough. You couldn't be enough worship. We're going to pray before we go any further. Jesus, I thank you so much for tonight. God, I ask that you would come, that you would have your way in and through this house right now in this moment. If there is any voice that is in our head or sneaking into our ears right now, God, that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit, we say you got to go in Jesus' mighty name. Right now, this moment, we're setting this apart. We're building this house for this moment. We have created a space right now for Jesus and Jesus alone. So anybody else, you got to go because this house in this mind And these people belong to God for these next 50 minutes. In Jesus' mighty name we said. Amen. Amen. Do I have your undivided attention? Of course you do. You grab the microphone. (laughs) It is better to give than to receive. So why are we talking about receiving season? Because I gotta ask the question, church. I let me preface this by saying this. I look around this room tonight. I see a lot of beautiful faces. Y'all beautiful tonight, aren't you? Six people believe they're beautiful. Y'all beautiful tonight? Yes. If you don't know, now you know you are gorgeous. Drop dead in fact, Jesus hung himself dead for you, made you beautiful. Truth? So are you beautiful tonight? Yes. There we go. I look around this room and I see people who are beautiful. I see people whose lives are thriving. I see people who are chasing after God with everything within them. I see some people that caught the flame for a new vision last week, and you ain't been the same since. Can anybody testify to that tonight? Anybody go home from church last Sunday and start making some changes? I look around this room, and I see people who are living with a vision. I see people who are thriving. I see people who are loving. I see people who are going to their workplace no longer just to collect a paycheck, but to live on mission, with a mission, for a mission called getting your neighbor that at work with you to Jesus. Anybody else? And then I look around this room and I have conversations throughout the week and I look at church on a weekly basis from this position here that I'm very honored to have and I see some people who are living very different stories. Maybe there are people from the conversations we've had that you would say that maybe every single week you are not living victory to victory and build up to build up. But for you, it seems like you're taking L's and catching L's in every single direction. You live in a constant state of defeat. From conversations that I've had with other people of the faith community in our city, some church leaders, some churchgoers, some believers of other faith all, the, all together, I have these conversations and I look around our beautiful city called Grand Rapids and some of us aren't living a very grand life. Some of us haven't seen God come through. Some of us don't even know that there is a God to have come through. And so when I look around the room and I look at the church in the city and I look at all of your beautiful, amazing, incredible faces, I have to ask the question tonight, why are we not living a life of breakthrough? Did you even know that you were supposed to? We serve the God. If we believe Jesus Christ, who makes the darkness tremble as our worship team led us so incredibly in, he makes the darkness tremble. We believe in this Jesus. We believe in God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Amen? We believe in him. But why are we living in a life of breakthrough? Man, that's a tough question to ask, Pastor. Pastor? I mean, I'm over here and I got this situation going on. My mama has got this situation going on. My cousin's got this situation going on. Everybody at work, man, they got cancer coming to their home. Everybody's living like this. That's a tough question to answer. Pastor, I'm actually going to attempt to tonight. Does that sound good? Because I believe that we are Christians, that we love Jesus, that when he went to the cross, he said, it's no longer you that live, but me that lives through you. And in fact, the same spirit that led me back out the tomb is the one that's going to bring you back to life and lead you into eternity. We have breakthrough available to us, church. So why do we not? Did you know that in the book of the Old Testament called Daniel, they actually refer to God as Baoparism. Has anybody ever heard that phrase before? How many of you guys know that God's called Jehovah in the Old Testament? That he is Jehovah Jireh? That he is Jehovah Ratha, our healer? That he is Jehovah with us always? But rarely do we ever hear this phrase, Baal Parism. So let me kick it old school for you a second. Baalparism means the God of the breakthrough, the God who is bursting through, that we don't just serve Jesus who came back out the tomb and left us as we were. No, no, no. We serve the God of bursting through. Is there anybody that could use some bursting through in their lives tonight? So why don't we? If we serve the God of breakthrough, if we serve the God of bursting through, why do we not receive this breakthrough? I believe there's some people in here tonight in this church that God has you in this room. Maybe it's your first time tonight. Maybe it's your 50th time. Maybe you've been with us since February when we launched church. I don't know, but you're somewhere in this place tonight. Maybe you don't even know Jesus at this moment, but you are willing to hear me out for the next 30 minutes. It's probably more like 40, if i being honest. I'm trying, guys. Jeez. But why don't we receive this breakthrough? Why haven't we received what God has for us? If he's called, bow, pairs, I'm the God of bursting through Jesus. I'm looking at my situation right now, and I could use some bursting through. I could use, you don't even got to burst through, Jesus. I could just use a sign right now, God, that you actually want to move on my behalf. Is there anybody in here tonight that would be so honest and bold to put your hand up right now and say, that's where you found yourself tonight? Yeah, you're not alone. It's funny when there was like two hands that went up and then behind you, I don't know if you can see it, there was like 15 other ones. We're people tonight that could use some bursting through and some breakthrough. And I believe that's what God wants to do in the lives of every single person who is underneath the authority and the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So here we have story. the story. story of a guy named Jarius, his daughter, and Jesus. Jesus the God of breakthrough so Jesus arrives on the scene he comes by boat he makes his way and here's Jarius he has a 12 year old girl whose life is waning and fading right before his eyes and he is powerless he is a father he is a husband to the mother and he is watching their daughter die right before their eyes and Jarius, like a lot of people at that time, they heard of the miracle worker. They've heard of the miracle maker. They've heard of this guy who everyone is saying, could he be the Messiah? Is he more than just a prophet? Is he more than just somebody who came and who once was here, who, who lived as Elijah or Elijah? Is he a reincarnation or is this guy, the one that we've actually been hoping for, believing for, asking for, pleading with God to send? Because life is hard. This is Jarius. He hears about Jesus, and he rolls up. He comes. He's in a fluster. Here's Jesus. And whenever Jesus rolls up the scene, how many of you guys know there are people all around him? Not just the 12 disciples that he was rolling with at the time, but when people hear that Jesus is there, man, a crowd comes. Or at least it should. Because people back then knew that, hey, where Jesus is, that's where you need to be as well. Hey, Jesus is rolling up on a boat. I need to go there too. Do you want to come? He heals people. He sets people free. That alcohol addiction you've been dealing with? No, no, no. Come with me. Come with me. You want to come back inside the walls? Come with me. We've got to break a rule for a minute, but come with me. Where Jesus is, there's freedom and liberation. Amen? And so this provokes Jarius to action. His faith in whom he just said God was. He hadn't even heard the word of God. He just heard the word about God. He ain't even heard the definitive word of God. He just heard a word about a possible Messiah, a possible prophet. He just heard that this guy, I don't know what he's got, but it's healing people, it's changing people. My daughter's dying. I got to get out of this house. I got to leave this city. I got to leave this moment. I got to get to Jesus because he can actually do something. Amen. And so here's Jarius. And before we go any further, here's a word for somebody tonight. I'm just kind of feeling it right now. Jarius, in that moment, his little girl is dying before his eyes. He is in a place where he should be at home. He should be with her. He should be watching this thing, holding his wife's hand. Because that's what you do, right? Somebody's dying. Somebody's struggling. Somebody's defeated. And we need to be there. We need to mourn with them. And we need to be there for this moment, this passing. But as we see Jarius, he is so compelled by what he has heard about jesus the life-changing stories that he's heard about jesus what jesus has begun to do and the rest of the city surrounding him man i know my little girl 12 years she is my flesh and my bone and wife i know this is going to sound crazy but if there's any shots to what this guy has done and what we've heard if there's any truth to the rumors we hear a lot of bad rumors. but There's truth in this one. If there is any truth to this rumor, we have got to go. You've got to stay, and I've got to go get this guy because if he can, I've got to believe that he will, and he will change her situation. Some of us tonight... I don't know if it's a place that you've been. I don't know if it's a culture that you've been in. I don't know if it's a religious institution that you've been a part of. I don't know if it's your workplace. I don't know if it's relationships, even with family that maybe you have. But some of you have felt, because culture tells you, this is where you've got to stay. This is where you should be. This is where you've always pitched your tent. And this is where you've got to stay. This is how you've always done things. God is saying to you and to me tonight, if that's the place that we find ourselves in, if that's the place that we come from, if we feel some sense of loyalty somewhere, because culture and circumstances tell us to stay there, well, like Jarius, I think in order for comf- in order for breakthrough to come to our home, some of us need to get uncomfortable. Some of us tonight, we got to look at our situation and go, you know what? It's hell or high water here, and I say neither. I say Jesus, and I'm going to get uncomfortable. It sucks leaving my baby girl behind. It sucks leaving my wife to watch this potentially go the wrong way right now. But man, it's uncomfortable to stay here. I got to go and see what Jesus can actually do in my situation. There are some of us tonight. That if we want to begin to make room for breakthrough in our lives, some of us need to start getting uncomfortable in our lives. Some of us need to start getting uncomfortable and actually chasing Jesus. Some of us need to go, you know what, I've been here for 16 years. I've been in this place for 15 years. It's not fulfilling. It's not giving me life. It is tearing me down. It is not giving me what I believed in. They have not thought of me the way they should be. Man, I am going underutilized here. I am being taken advantage of here. I have been lied to here. It might be uncomfortable to step out of this workplace or this environment or these people, my family, my day one people, people who've been with me since I was a kid. It might be uncomfortable to leave this behind for the uncertainty at this point with Jarius that Jesus is who he says he is but on the off chance that he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do, and these rumors that I've heard of him are true, then I've got to risk it. Then I've got to go. Then I've got to get uncomfortable in this moment. It's uncomfortability for a season, for a lifetime, in a future, and an eternity of liberation. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? For some of us, we've got to begin to get uncomfortable. But that's actually not the point of the story that I want to dial in on. Because in the moment of Mark 5 where this is going on, you might have heard of this woman. There's a woman in the Bible. She's known as the woman with the issue of blood. Has anybody ever heard of her? Could you imagine what it would be like that if for all of eternity? And this wasn't God's point. I actually think God's point in ordaining the word and bringing in the perfect harmony the way he did and giving us his word and all of these stories. I actually think the point of this is to tell you this next statement. Could you imagine for all of eternity that you were known by your issue? Could you imagine Matt the thief, Matt the liar, Matt the adulterer, Matt the murderer? Could you imagine if you were in the history books as someone who was known by something that held them back and ostracized them and kicked them out of the culture and in the world and their families and in the friendships that they've had for 12 years? I think the reason it's put in there like this is to simply tell you tonight that when you read her story and you hear about the redemption and what takes place in her life, the freedom that comes to her house from Jesus is to let you and I know that she might be known as a woman with the issue of blood, but her story is not the issue of blood. So in this moment, Jesus gets off the boat and he's got his boys with him. Suddenly a great cloud of people comes alongside him, and there's one fighting a little bit harder than the rest of them to get to Jesus. There's one that's throwing elbows because they're not afraid to get beat down to try and get to Jesus. There's somebody who is fighting tooth and nail to get to this guy they've heard about, the Messiah. They're fighting tooth and nail to get to him. And here he is, he's Jarius, and he goes to Jesus, and he goes, Jesus... If you're this great teacher, if you're this guy, if you're this miracle worker, if you are who the rumors say you are, then i got to have you come with me. you got to come. My daughter, she's 12 years of age right now. She is 12 years old. She hasn't even begun to scratch the surface of what her life is. If you really are God, if you really were sent by him, if you really were made and ordained by the creator of the universe for such a time as this, to liberate us sinners, to heal us, to bring us in relationship with God. If you are who you say you are and you come from where you say you come from, then I got to have you come with me because my baby girl, her destiny doesn't die at 12. Her life doesn't end at 12. What you have purpose for her doesn't end at 12. You got to come with me. And of course, Jesus, he's like, Jarius, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go. And they begin to make their way, surrounded by a great cloud of people trying to get through the crowds, trying to go. And here in this moment is this woman with an issue of blood for 12 years straight. She has had female issues going on for 12 years straight. They have casted her outside the walls. In that time, in that culture, what they would do? They would dub you unclean for life. And they would say, You're sick, you're disgusting. Get outside these walls. You are not fit to be in community with other human beings any longer. You are unclean. We cannot touch you. We cannot associate you with you. We cannot take a text. We cannot take a call. We cannot hear from you. You gotta go. And this woman, much like Jarius, interjects in his middle of his moment. He is going with Jesus on his way right now to hear a 12-year-old, heal a 12-year-old girl of what is killing her, likely in this moment. And this woman comes up and she pushes through, just like Jariah, she fights a little bit harder for it. And she begins to make room for breakthrough in her life because she says, you know what, I'm on the outside of these walls, but if Jesus is who he says he is, I'm not going to stay out here. I'm going to fight to get in. I'm going to pay off who I need to to get in. I'm going to break some rules to get in, but I'm going to get to Jesus because he can set me free. He can redeem my name in the city. He can restore me. To the class that has ostracized me. To the people who have thrown me out. He can bring me freedom and liberation and wholeness and wellness back to my soul and my physical body. I got to do it. And in order for this woman to receive her breakthrough, some of you are getting this. This is receiving season. Last week it was vision season. This week it's receiving season. God is saying to you and to me, sometimes... You got to get uncomfortable. You got to break some rules. You got to go places where people say you shouldn't go. You got to go against the grain a little bit. But if it means getting to Jesus and receiving your breakthrough, it's worth everything. Here's this woman, and she receives her breakthrough. She receives the glory of God. It actually says that Jesus felt the power go out of him because a woman touched the hem of his garment, man. She touched his coattail. And it wasn't because it was Gucci. It's because he's godly. It's because he is who he says he is. Some of us tonight, man, if we want to start making room for breakthrough in our lives, we're wondering, we're asking ourselves, God, why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still walking around these same walls? Why has this been my life? Why have I been in the same addiction for this long? Why, man, why is it Christmas season? I'm back here again. I'm single and it's hard and I'm desperate and God, I'm just hurt. I feel alone. I feel abandoned. Again. I go on social media and it seems like everybody's living the high life. I get invited to this Christmas party and the event page on Facebook and my ex is going with this new girl. And God, I just feel dark and I feel depressed and I feel anxiety and I feel worry. And why is this thing still a part of my life? Why have I been going through this for 12 years straight? Why has this been my plight and my death sentence, my prison sentence for 12 years, for six months, for seven years? Whatever it is, we find ourselves asking God, why do I not have some breakthrough? Why have I not taken some ground? Why am I just spinning my wheels in depression and anxiety and addiction and worry? And feeling like I don't belong and I don't fit in, and things never seem to work out for me. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? God, why have I not received my breakthrough? If you are who you say you are, I think he is asking you tonight, why have you not begun to make breakthrough for your life? Why have you not begun to make room for breakthrough for your life? Some of us in here tonight, we have got to get this conviction on the inside of us if we are ever going to receive the breakthrough that God has for us, we got to start fighting for it. We got to start making some changes. We got to start getting down. The Bible says that a righteous may fall six times but he gets up 7 we gotta start getting up we gotta start standing you might have been down 6 days this week but you gotta get up on the 7th you might have been down for 6 years you gotta get up 7 whatever it is he is saying to you and to me tonight tis the season for breakthrough baby we gotta start getting up we gotta start fighting we gotta start making some room moving some shells and creating a space for God to actually bring us this breakthrough we've been praying for Because I'm sure this girl was outside the walls for 12 years straight praying for a God. Praying for some things to happen. It was until she got uncomfortable and she took the initiative. I don't know how long the daughter was going through this stuff, but it wasn't until Jarius heard about what Jesus could actually do and he began to fight for it. He was leave. He was willing to leave his friends and his family and his dying, sick little girl on the table in bed where she is at, and he was willing to risk it to go and get Jesus. There are some things in this life, friends, that we are going to have to start to move out the way. We are going to have to start to prepare the way because God is saying, clear the way. I am he who is and is to come, and I want to burst through on your behalf. I want a breakthrough in your circumstances. Your situation is not a death sentence. You can live. But you gotta start making room for him to do it, amen. And so there's this moment in the story with Jarius, and this is kind of where I want to begin to really break apart this scripture because we've been talking about a lot of things that aren't even in this moment of scripture. So here it is: he's Jarius. He's broken, he's desperate, he's defeated. He has no clue what to do except what he's heard about Jesus. So he has to go. And here he is. He's walking with Jesus. He's going with Jesus. And man, here's, here's this woman coming up. And he's like, you've been outside the walls for 12 years. We ain't seen you. What you been doing out there? This moment is about me and my 12-year-old daughter. Please don't distract Jesus. Because he's desperate, right? Right? all you other people who are coming around me and Jesus right now, you don't understand. You need to get out the way. I got a daughter who is dying at home. Yeah, yeah, but I need my blessing. Yeah, but I need, I need my healing. Yeah, but I need my, my liberation. I need my provision. I need all these things going. And Jarius is like, get out the way. My baby needs this Jesus. And so they're on their way and they're making their way. And here's this woman who pops up and She just knew, it says, the Bible says, she just knew that if she could touch even the hem of his garment, even just the zipper, even just the things that are floating behind him, even just the dust that is coming off it, if she could just touch whatever was connected to Jesus, she knew that she'd be healed. And Jarius is making his way and he's pushing people out the door, pushing them out. He's saying, get out the way, I need Jesus. We got to get to my house, we got to get to where I need to be. And he's making his way with Jesus and all of a sudden, It says that one of the guys that was at his house comes running up. And Jarius and Jesus are just walking. And they see this person running, unrelenting, just running with reckless abandonment, running to tell them. And I can just see it. It's not in the scripture, but I can just see it, right? Somebody from your house where your daughter was is just running to come get you, looking excited on the way to come and get you. Man, you start thinking like, oh, maybe she turned around. Maybe she's okay. Maybe she woke back up. Maybe she finally took, you know, more and more breaths every couple minutes, whatever the situation. Maybe her eyes are finally responded to some light sensory. Maybe something's finally turning around in this situation. They're running pretty fast. They look pretty excited. Man, they got something to tell me. This is going to be good news, right, Jesus? This is going to be good news? You're right next to me, Jesus. This person is coming. And that person gets there, and they're like, Jarius, 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 you've got to come home. And he's like, yeah, what's going on? he drops a bomb on him and he says you gotta come home because there's no reason to bother the teacher anymore she's gone and when you hear those words there's no reason to bother the teacher anymore because it's your kid because it's your life because it's your marriage because it's your circumstances because it's your situation when you hear there's no reason to bother him anymore you're like yeah she came around she's up she's awake it's back from the grave it's going let's go and he goes no she's she's gone man you gotta get home your, your wife needs you don't, don't mess with Jesus anymore don't bother with that God thing anymore you guys took too long I don't know what was going on in this crowd of people that's around you but man it took too much time Don't bother God anymore. Don't bother with church anymore. Don't bother with faith or hope anymore. Just come home. Your wife and your friends and your family, they need you back at home. Jesus, be with whatever's going on in that situation. Jeez. You gotta come home. And suddenly, in that moment, I think it's for a lot of us, suddenly, in that moment, God in flesh is right next to Jarius. And he goes, in a matter of moments, in a matter of steps, in a matter of one eccentric person running down the lane to come and tell him some news, good or bad or otherwise, in this moment, this small stretch of time, Jesus goes from miracle maker, God, Messiah. All these things I've heard about you, they gotta be true. These rumors about you, they gotta be true. He goes from this prominent place in Jarius' life to teacher because of some bad news. I oh, wonder for some of us tonight, what are some bad news that we've received in our lives? Talk about receiving season. What are some things that we've heard in our lives that made Jesus in our eyesight, in our view, in our thought life, and in our prayer life go from miracle maker to wonder worker to teacher to just some guy that we hear about on Sundays, to just some guy who is a big part of this book that we read, just some this guy, that's some religious idol that we see or posted around town, from just this guy that has a million churches in Grand Rapids. What is it about that moment When we receive bad news that he goes from the one who created the heaven and the stars, the creator of the universe, who could do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or imagine, to just being a teacher. And so Jarius, he begins to dip his head, and begins to get sad, and he begins to go, Dang. I really thought it was just going to work this time. We tried the witch doctor and we we tried the the medicine and we tried the plants and we tried all these other things. I really thought Jesus was going to be it. And he goes, it's alright teacher. You got other things to do. You got other people to tend to. There's a crowd around you right now that I'm sure has lost dogs and sick cats and stub toes to heal and hangnails to fix. Just go and just go and do that. And the Bible says that Jesus doesn't even speak to Jairus in this moment. He speaks to the guy running from the synagogue and he goes she's not dead. She's only asleep. And Jairus begins to lift his head for a moment. If you could walk with me and just imagining the situation the scenario he says to the synagogue, church leader, in that moment, in that city, somebody who is able to speak into Jarius' life on a faith level, the creator of the universe, Jesus says to him, not even to Jarius, looks at his rabbi. It says, that little girl, she's not dead. She's only asleep. And then he speaks these words that I think changed Jarius' life and I think should change yours and I. He says, Jarius, do not fear. Only believe. He didn't say, do not fear, but be a little worried. He didn't say, do not fear, but go to this place. He says, do not fear, but take her to this hospital. He doesn't say, do not fear, but try this drug. He doesn't say, do not fear, but try this. He says, no, 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 do not fear, only believe. Do not fear but live in doubt. Do not fear but live in a conviction that you can turn this around. Do not fear but think that you can do this or you can do that or this is the end. No, no, no. He says do not fear but only believe. And some of us in here tonight, we got to start looking at our lives and to break through the situations that we need to see God come through in. We got to stop looking to the left and to the right and to greener pastures over here. Man, if I could just live this life that allowed me to express this part of myself, if I could just go in here and do my art. Thing if I can just go here and do this thing, if I can look to the left and to the right, and I can see the greener patches, I can see the greener this, and I can see the event on the horizon over here. If I just keep looking at this and at this, but realized. That I do not have to fear that if I was over there, I'd be doing better. If I was receiving this over here, I'd be doing better. Man, if I could just get out of this, I could begin to live this kind of life. No, no, no. Jesus is saying to you and to me tonight, this is major key number one, fam. Right here, he is saying to you and me tonight, it's not about looking to the left or looking to the right. It's about not fearing and only believing him. Some of us tonight, man, we've been running around. We've been looking for answers. And there's some people in this place who are in need of God to really break through. There are some of us tonight. We're at the moment of breaking, but we need the through. We've had our break, and we need the through. We are at the breaking point, the tipping point, the melting point, whatever you want to call it. We are here tonight, and man, we need God to break through in our lives. And He is saying to you and into me, "Your break, nah." That's just a moment. That's just a scene. Breakthrough is your prologue and it is your epilogue. Breakthrough is your title card and it is your end credit scene. Breakthrough is your story. Your break is a moment. Your break is a chapter. Your breakthrough is your story. Beginning, middle, and ending. If I preach to anybody tonight, yes. 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 we got to start making room for breakthrough. Well, Matt, what do you mean? I mean this. Jesus goes with Jarius. And they get there, they get to the house. And it says that Jesus, he looks at John, he looks at Matthew, and he looks at Peter, and he goes, You, you three, he got 12 disciples with him, remember? You three, come with me. You three, come with me. They get to the house, and they say, You three, come with me. Jarius, you come with me. Mom, come to me. Come here, sugar, you need some hug. I love you. Don't worry, we got this. I'm Jesus, okay? Don't worry, come with me. Everybody else in the house, What's the Bible say? He says he told them to get out. He says he is coming in, and he goes, Where's it at right here? He says, The child's not dead. They laughed at him. But he then put them all outside, took the child's mother and father and those who were with them, and they went in to where the child was. Friends, this is pivotal. If we're going to begin to make breakthrough, room for breakthrough in our lives, and so we're going to be to create space for breakthrough in our lives, there are some things that we need to get out. There are some people in our room that we need to get out. Here's our situation. It's been falling apart. My kid is sick. They're in the hospital. My kid is this. They're in the hospital. My marriage is this. It's on the rocks. We're in counseling. My single season looks like this. I can't live a day without taking at least six drinks. I gotta start making room for some breakthrough. My situation looks like this. Friends, I gotta ask you, who's in that room when you're believing for breakthrough? In your life, what's called a house, in your sphere, those that are around you, when your marriage is on the rocks, who's getting an opinion on how it goes? Who is speaking life into that situation? Who is speaking death into that situation? When your world is falling apart, when your child's fading, when his life is ending before your eyes when your situation looks daunting like it's dead, like the pulse is faint who's in that room with you? who's speaking life? who's getting to have an opinion on how your marriage ends and how your marriage continues? who's getting the point to have a conversation and say this is what we do with your kid and how we proceed? is it hospice or is it the Holy Spirit? When you're in the waiting room at the hospital, and I love doctors, and I love medicine, and I think these are all very good tools, and I think God works through them all. Don't think that I don't believe in medicine or any of these things when I make this next statement, friends. But when you're in the hospital room, who is in there with you, speaking in that room into your child or your life situation, when you're on the hospital bed, when your world is falling apart, when you've received the absolute worst news that you've ever received in your life, who is in that room with you? Are they people that Jesus would say, yeah, come into the room with me. I know that John's got faith for this. I know that Peter's got faith with this. Peter was with me when he cut a guy's ear off and we put that thing back on. I know Peter has faith to believe for this little girl to rise up. Who is this? Darius? That's the baby daddy. He can come. He left his wife and his daughter on her deathbed to come and find me. I know he has faith for a miracle in this room. Who is with you? in the emergency room that is your life or your crisis that is speaking life that is getting an opinion on how your breakthrough comes or doesn't come but Matt these are my family members they've been with me since day one that's my mom that's my dad yeah are they speaking life are they speaking faith who is with you I'm not saying you throw them out of your life I'm saying you throw them out of the room in that situation no these are my friends from day one they've had my back since we were in kindergarten we've gone through some ups and some downs together well friends if they're not speaking Jesus, they're not speaking Bible, if they're not speaking the truth, chances are some of those downs you've experienced in life are because of those people. Preaching to anybody tonight? Can you testify? Man, Jesus, when he comes, he says, yo, we're going to bring this little girl back up to life. But we need to make some space for some breakthrough. We need to throw some things out for some breakthrough. When Jesus enters the room that is your life, he is down to bring you your breakthrough. But he's got to clear some things out. He's got to clear some people out. Man, when your marriage is falling apart, who's the person speaking into it? The same girl that told you to break up with that guy in high school? Or one of your pastors or one of your crew leaders or one of the girls or guys in your church and in your faith circle that can speak life and hope into the situation? Who is it? Who is in that waiting room with you who is in that room with you when your world is falling apart when things are collapsing who do you need to get out your life in order to make room for God to bring some breakthrough who are you warring with when everything in the natural says that your body's failing you but we know that we got some spiritual people around us that believe what Jesus says we're crazy but we believe it And we're willing to stand in that waiting room when they're telling you they're sending you home with hospice with two weeks to live. And we're going to say, no, 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 no. We war in the spiritual to bring health and healing to the natural. That's what we're going to do. We're going to believe our God for greater things. We're going to believe our God for bigger things. We're going to believe our God for complete turnaround, for restoration and redemption. You all know what redemption means? It means to make better than ever was. It doesn't mean just to restore you to your previous health of where cancer didn't rid your body. Where your marriage didn't completely break your heart? No, no, no. It means to bring you back to a place that God always intended you to be. To make you better than perfect. To redeem you. And we're going to stand with you in that room. But you've got to decide tonight. You've got to decide this week. You cannot keep going in your life when you need breakthrough. Doing things how you, you've always done them. With the people you've always done it with, man. You've got to see some Turn around. Who is speaking into your life? Are you in a place... Where you have people speaking into your situation and you don't even believe the same things they do. When they haven't had the same moment with Jesus that you've had. Where's your team? You can be in the make way up here. We're going to turn this house down. We're going to tear it all down. When you're in that place, when you're in a moment, you need God to burst through. Who is helping to create that space? Because when Jesus came in, he kicked everybody else out. He brought his boys that he's been through some stuff with. We've seen God move. They've seen me work the miracle. they got faith for this moment. Charius, you had faith to leave your wife and kid to come and get me. Mom, you had faith to stay here and believe that Jarius would get me to receive this resurrection for your little girl. Man, who is in that room with you? Can I read to you one more piece of scripture? Thanks, Rusty. I love this verse in Revelation. <laughs> Somebody's face, I just looked at when and I said, Revelation, They was like. So you got these seven hills, and you got, the, no, I'm kidding. I love this verse in Revelation. It's Revelation 3.20, it's going to be up on the screen. Here it is, it says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. It's just like last week we talked about. You have not, the word says, because you ask not. You want breakthrough? There are some things in your life that you're going to have to begin to do to create a space to make some room for Jesus to begin to make that breakthrough happen in your life. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anybody who invites me in, I'm going to come in. And I'm going to eat with you. And I'm going to be with you. And we're going to ride or die, and we are going to see this victory come to completion in your life. But man, when I come through that door, you would best believe that when I enter your home, there are going to be some things that got to leave. There are going to be some people that got to go. There are going to be some haters that got to leave. There's going to be some circles that you've been running in since pre-K that you got to leave. There are going to be some family members that you know what? They're good. I love them. I'm God. But man, in your situation where you're at right now, you don't need their negativity. You need some people that are willing to believe the Holy Spirit to do some things. You need some people who are willing to risk life and limb and reputation to stand in a room with you for complete turnaround of something that doctors are saying is terminal. You need some people in your life that are willing to stand with you for complete healing. If you're going to receive what I have for you, I'm going to come in, knock, I'm at the door, I'm knocking, I'm ready, let me in, but when we come in, when I come in, with all of heaven behind me, with power, man, we got to make some room, we got to clear some things out, some things have to go in this moment, if you're going to succeed, if you're going to make it through, if you're going to see God through, burst through on the other side of this, if your testimony and your story is going to be bookend by breakthrough... There's some people that got to go. There are some things in your life that have to end. There are some stuff that you got to do. Some house cleaning, man. We talked about vision repair last week. There are some things that you and I, we got to begin to clean out our house. Things that we've allowed to influence us. Man, this is always how I dealt with my depression. I put on this band and I put on this music or I watch this movie or I consume this. I eat this. I drink this. Man, It's how I always get through it. Guess what? You may have always gone through it, but you've always gone back to it too. There are some things that have to go. I'm not preaching to anybody tonight. There are some things that have to go. And this final piece of scripture. We're going to go back to the book of Mark. and Verse 41 through 43. And Man, we're to need a breakthrough. We need a life to turn around. We were praying for my cousin, and they just keep going further and further from God. Man, I've just been serving my husband like the Bible says, but I still see the text messages on his phone that he doesn't want me to see. I still see what he has going on. Man, he's still cheating on me. He's still doing these things. I still need some breakthrough. I need my marriage to turn around. I need some relationships to turn around. I need my job situation to turn around. I need my provision situation to turn around. God, it looks dead. It has no pulse. There is no breath in my situation any longer. I put my ear down to check and see if it's still going. And it's falling apart. It's ending. The breathing has stalled. The eyes have rolled back. God, there is no more hope. And there's people in your situation that just like when Jesus said do not fear, only believe they began to laugh at him they heard the same rumors that he had and they saw this little girl perish before their eyes and he says do not fear, only believe and they began to laugh at him Jesus is saying to you and to me tonight. I don't know where you're at with this whole thing. I don't know what breakthrough you need in your life. Maybe you have just been in this place where you didn't even know Jesus. You had no clue this God even existed, that he even cared about your day-to-day basis. He didn't care about your week. He didn't care about your month. You didn't even know that he loves you and he is for you and he wants to be a part of every moment of every day, not just every minute, not just every hour. There isn't a second that goes by in your life that he doesn't want you to know that he loves you and he's for you and that he has more coming on the other side of this maybe you didn't even know that maybe it's your marriage that's falling apart i don't know why i keep going back to that tonight but i feel like there's some people in here with some relationships with some marriages with some situations that need to be restored that you're believing for breakthrough to come to your home in some situation maybe you're in here tonight and you're this person and you have a sick child but you're willing to believe Maybe you're in this place and you've been in this situation, this circumstance, you've been surrounded by people who have been speaking death and hating on your situation and asking you why you're still going to church when your life looks the way it does. Maybe that's you. I don't know where you're at tonight but Jesus does and he is saying the same thing that he says to this little girl that he's saying to you tonight and he says these words to Talitha Kumai which means little girl I say to you arise little boy I say to you arise person with depression, I say to you arise marriage I say to you arise you might look dead but you're not done you might look dead you're only asleep God is saying to you and to me tonight this is receiving season this is breakthrough season and this is awakening season. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Yeah. Can you guys stand up? We're going to get ready to worship in just a second. We're going we're gonna to sing the song called Build My Life, which I love. Is anybody else love this song? We're going to sing the song called Build My Life. If you're going to begin to build your life that is a life that allows God to bring you breakthrough, that is a life that allows you to see victory, to see the promises of God come alive and be evident and tangible in your life? If you're going to begin to build that kind of life, there are some things that you got to start clearing out of that life. There are some spaces in your house and in some rooms that you occupy. So people that are in the spheres around you that have an influence in your life and in your hope and in your faith and your day-to-day life for far too long they have to go. If you're going to begin to build this life on Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, if you're going to sing these words openly and honestly and believe tonight that your God is who he says he is, that Jesus is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do if you are in desperate need of that breakthrough, then we got to start clearing some things out. So what's going to happen is this. We're going to have Scott up here. We're going to have Adrienne back here. And we're going to have Lexi in the back. you got three avenues in this room right now while we pray, while we worship, while we sing. And if you need prayer for anything, maybe a strength to tell your mom, you know what, in my marriage, it's my marriage, Ma. And we're submitting this thing to Jesus, not to you, not to your namesake, not to how you and Dad did things. No, no, no. We're submitting this to Jesus. Maybe it's saying to your friends who are also depressed, And they just live in a constant state of depression. You're like, no, I'm off that. Depression was so last season because this season is receiving season. This season is breakthrough season. I'm done with depression. So that means I'm done with you. You're not going to believe what my God says. You're not going to tell me to take my thoughts captive no matter how hard it seems. You're not going to tell me to put out worship music instead of that stuff that I've been listening to, filling my head with, bringing me to a lower place. you got to go. If you're in this place and that's you, and you need prayer to begin that journey of clearing some things out, for sowing some things out, preparing room for God to bring you breakthrough, if that's you tonight take advantage of these three places tonight. We're going to call them faith pillars in this room. They're going to stand alongside you right now in this moment. The rest of us, we're going to close our eyes. We're going to sing this song. We're going to lift our hands and we're going to believe our God. We're going to receive from our God and we're going to take him at face value tonight that he is who he says he is. And we're going to lift up an atmosphere of faith in this room where a breakthrough can fall. Because I didn't come alone tonight. I came with some faith warriors, some worship warriors, some people that are willing to go into this room right now and war on your behalf. So if you need prayer for breakthrough, shoot. If you just flat out need breakthrough, you don't even need prayer for breakthrough. You just need the breakthrough here. And now, these are your pillars. This is your moment. This is the atmosphere. This is the room. Jesus is here. Can we worship?